Hello, and welcome to the First Press Mommy podcast. The show for people on the go who like to stay in tune with the conversations at our church. Today, Pastor Jason Armstrong uses the scripture, Romans 6, 1-14. He talks about what it means to be baptized into Christ Jesus, into His death and resurrection. Let's hear today's message. But I want to take a moment, you guys did a great job, and uh, since now that you're all done, all seven of you have given your testimonies, and you know, I thank you for your transparency and the hard work you did on that. I want you all to take a collective deep breath and let it out, right? The hard part is done. You know, when I was talking to them earlier today, trying to give them some advice, because as Clint mentioned, and as we all know, I'm sure... We, ter- public speaking is a terrifying thing for many, especially when you're in their age. Uh, so it's, it's a hard thing. So I commend them for coming up and, and doing what they did, sharing their testimony with us. And I always tell them, I said, you know, this, there's not, probably not a small secret, but every time I come up here, I'm terrified too. So <laughs> it's all the same, right? But we're all in it together. But one of the things I told them is, you know, there's a difference here between speaking at school, where you're, you're trying to get a good grade, you're speaking in front of your peers, you're afraid you're going to be judged, all those types of things that we all, it's just the human nature to deal with. I told them they are surrounded by people who care for them and love them. This is not about a grade. This is not about a judgment. This is people who care about you and want to hear from you. They want to hear your story. I talked earlier today about being surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, and I hope they felt that today, that there's something different about the body of Christ, certainly than there is about school, I hope. (laughs) I know there is for me. But we come together with the seven students today, and they're reaffirming their baptism. And in a most important way, they're making a public profession of faith. And I... can't say enough of the weight of that thought that they are going to be professing their faith today in Jesus Christ because that is about eternity. It's about, I, I, ta- I called it earlier, an identity of eternity. You have etern- eternal identity now. You are Christ and nothing can take you from him. Nothing can take you from the promise we call ourselves In the the bulletin, I always love it, it says, we are the people of hope that gather, I believe. Nothing can take you from that hope, that promise. They're also going to be accepting more fully the responsibility of the life of the church. Of course, we call that covenant partnership. So now they're going to join us as cloud of witnesses fully and be those witnesses into the world. But as we recognize the affirming of your baptisms this morning, a few of them claim they actually remember their baptism, which I thought was pretty impressive. We looked at John 6 through 1 through 14. So let's take a moment to consider, as we look at that text today, what the students are confirming. So even though some of them, you guys, claim to remember your baptism, certainly it was your parents' choice at that point. And in our tradition, when parents bring their infants and their young children before us to be baptized, there's three things that are happening in that moment. One is the parents are making a commitment. They're making a commitment to nurture their child's faith. 
to bring them along and to get them to the point where they will accept Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Now, of course, the congregation also makes a commitment in that moment to live like Christ before these children, to be that cloud of witnesses that I talked about earlier with steadfast love. I wonder how many of you had had your children baptized in this church particularly? Good a number of you. Whenever people talk about what's your most memorable moment of church, I always declare mine is when my my, uh, oldest son, who's now 26, which I can't believe, uh, yeah, he, uh, Pastor Phil, some of you were around when Pastor Phil was here, when he baptized my child, held him in his arms, walked up and down those, that aisle right there, and the church stood as a father seeing the cloud of witnesses surround my child. That's what you guys all had, and that's what you still have to this day. And third, God makes a commitment when that happens at baptism. He marks this child with a promise, a promise as he becomes part of the family of God. Now these students are growing up, obviously. Now they're in seventh and eighth grade. And as we talked about in the very first day of confirmation class, I think, what date did we start? January 11th, 20th? A while ago. (laughs) I'm sure to them a long time ago. Um, I would talk to them about, you know, this now is your faith. This is the time for you to decide, to choose, to be led by God and what's going to happen next. So it's your time to commit to reaffirming your baptism. And in our text today, it declares that if you've been baptized into Christ Jesus, you've been baptized into his death and his resurrection. And when you do that, you're into Christ. You're living with a similar promise as and purpose as Christ. Romans 6, 4b states that we too may live a new life when we are in Christ and baptized. This idea of living a new life, we live a new way, we walk away new, way, a new way. So this day, as you guys declare that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, which you will do in a little while, now your life is new. Now you have eternity. Now you have the promise. Now you have the hope of our Lord Jesus Christ. It states in the text, we're no longer slaves to sin in this new life. We're free to live to glorify God. And if we do sin, we know we're not shackled, but we're surrounded by grace and forgiveness of the Lord. Romans 6-7, anyone who has died in Christ has been set free from sin. So as you are now getting older and you're you're accepting Christ as your Savior, you will be compelled to live a new life. God will call you. God will direct you. I'm curious to see as we go forward in the next years to come as my friend Landon is looking over you as the youth pastor where you guys end up. In Romans 6.11, it says, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive in God and Jesus Christ. You're dead to sin. You're alive for eternity. You have that 
identity of eternity now in Christ. Sin has no mastery, no mastery over you any longer. The text states you're to live your life in God's glory. And I can't stress enough, all week I've been thinking about this identity issue. This, how the, now these students will have eternal identity in Christ. That as they declare Jesus as their Lord and Savior, nothing can take that, that away from them. This is a cosmic and a timeless event. From now on, you're his. So no matter where you go in life, when you're having good days, some of you have described in your statements times, of, times that were difficult. When you're having a good day, probably after, after this is over and you get to relax a little bit. Or if you're having days like just happens in life where things are just mundane, you always can go back to the font. Fount. You can always find and remember your baptism. Remember the promise of eternity, no matter where you are, where you go. You are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses and Jesus Christ. And in our final, I think it was our final time together as a class, we talked about our gifts. 1 Corinthians 10.31 tells us that whether we eat or drink, we should do all things to glorify God in our life. So you may notice there's some stones out there uh, in the gathering space. It's a tradition that we've been doing since 2013. I can't believe it's been 10 years now. But we had the students pick words out. You know, if they're a soccer player, maybe they'll say, I'm going to run for God's glory. Or Owen's a writer, a talented one, a playwright from what I understand. He may write, you know, write for God's glory. Earlier he read and talked about how he's going to use his gifts to glorify God. We should all do the same. We should remember this from Romans 6.13b as we continue on. Offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. There it is again. We've been brought from death to eternal life when we profess Christ as Savior. Offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. This word instrument also means tool. To be into the world like we just talked about. To use your gifts and your talents to glorify God. To bring heaven and bring the God's kingdom more fully to earth. And pay attention, last thought. Keep discerning. Keep paying attention. You know, mentor, the mentors that are here, some are here, some were earlier in the service. The intention is that the mentors continue on with these students. Who knows, maybe for the rest of their lives, but the discernment process where you're trying to figure out what's next, where's God leading me? Continue to pay attention to that. It's a lifelong process. And with that, friends, let us pray. Lord, thank you for these seven students who stood in our services today and gave their testimony, testimony to who you are, Testimony to where they've been and where they are and where they hope to go. Lord, we thank you for the words that they shared, your grace that they declared. And Lord, we pray specifically for them this morning that you do make their past known. Make their path clear on how you would desire them to live their life and to serve you. And Lord, we pray that those who are witnesses in their life, their mentors, their parents... Youth people, people like uh, Land and Roar, the youth pastor, 
everyone in this church who comes in contact with them, I pray that they also, you also give them your wisdom in your care and your love to nurture these young people along as they continue on in their faith and their declaration that you are indeed Lord of their life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.